Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Friday. The final day of the week. These are the voyages of the program on sportsmanlike content. Its ongoing mission, to explore strange new movies, to seek out new bits and new edifications, to boldly go where no radio program has gone before. Funny. John, I was voted worst car. <laughs> wow. Wow. Not a surprise there. <laughs> Have they seen the new ride there, <laughs> Nick? That's the, that's the ironic part. You'd win it again. My Pathfinder was way cooler than this one. I uh, missed my Pathfinder. This is why you should watch on the stream because uh, every week Nick usually gets skewered in the credits. I've been touched a few times, John. Look at Nick. It, see, and it was skewed voting too because everybody's parents bought them really nice, very new trucks. Well, sorry that. And Nick was riding a cow to school. It was a yeehaw. I can't. Hey, Kent. I can't. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> This is a Friday show. It is. It's a Friday show. A loopy. A little bit loopy today, but that's good. What would you think of Russell Wilson being the Raiders' starting quarterback? Not no, but hell no. <laughs> we had... We... <laughs> that's a good take, kids. We, we just awarded one washed-up leftover from another team in the form of Garoppolo, and now you have a declining Russell Wilson? Yeah. No. No. Mm -hmm. Whoever put that together has not paid the, a lick of attention to what the Raiders say they're going to do, which is, you know, probably trade up and try to get one of those top three guys. Or if not, uh, Kirk Cousins is one that's – been floated out there, yeah, and uh, and then take a Penix or a Bo Nix in the second round. There you go. All right. Well, we're we'll looking agree. forward to that. Mm. We'll look forward to that. Well, today's movie is The Untouchables, nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. God, make you feel old. This is ten years before I was born. Sheesh. Uh, it is loosely based, very on, loosely, very loosely based on the real life story, mm -hmm. um, and on the television series and the book of the same name, uh, which is about uh, Elliot Ness and his pursuit of Al Capone. The TV series was a it was a fairly popular. It was a short lived TV series, but it was fairly popular TV series, wasn't it, Kent? Oh, absolutely. And it sort of made Robert Stack a uh, 
household name kind of thing. He played Elliot Ness. Right. But uh, basically the story is this. Elliot Ness has been assigned to Chicago, and they're cracking down because it's prohibition. They're cracking down on illegal, um, you know, alcohol makers and alcohol sellers. And, of course, Al Capone runs the city of Chicago, and his biggest business is bootlegging and speakeasies and all this other stuff. Of course, it's uh, Al Capone, so there's violence. And, um, and it becomes a pursuit of trying to crack down on Al Capone about the one thing historically they got right besides the names was Al Capone never got uh, criminalized for murders or extortion or anything like that. He got pinched for not paying his sales taxes. Got to pay your taxes. Got to mm. pay your taxes. Which is mm. a great look for the IRS. Which is which is addressed in the, uh, in the movie, but uh, it stars... Kevin Costner in the title role of Elliot Ness. And this is like right before he gets big, correct? Uh, or like right it, as he is? Okay. It's when he got big. You had Silverado just before this, and then this was the one that went bang. Mm-hmm. Yep. It made his career. Yep. Okay. It uh, was also the first time he made a million dollars for a movie because I'd like to he, he was like, I may never get a chance to do this again. I want a million bucks. And they'd offered him like 800000 and they upped it to a million. So oh, he got a million a, dollars. To that's pay. fun. Robert De Niro plays uh, Al Capone, and uh, Sean Connery plays um, Kevin Costner or Elliot Ness's sidekick. Mm-hmm. A Don't fa- forget about a, a young Andy Garcia. And a young Andy Garcia. Yeah. This was kind of one of his first, first big breaks. Can I ask a question to kick off this conversation? Please do. All right. So as John said, Ken, at the beginning, loosely, very loosely based on everything. It's funny reading like just the little, and here's what actually happened versus what didn't. So why why do it this way? Why, why instead of going off of what happened, is, is what happened with it, everything that boring? Like, for example, spoiler alert. The guy at the end that Costner throws off the building. That guy committed suicide like 12 years later, I think I read. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't killed in so that like, way. So, like, why why embellish everything to that degree? Because this is – there's a very simple answer to that, actually. Number one, if you actually did the Elliot Ness story, mm-hmm. it's very important. And they didn't have – Elliot Ness didn't have anything to do with the the tax stuff, the accountants and all of that going after him. So that all is out. So Elliot Ness wouldn't have had anything to do with putting um, Capone in jail. Two, the untouchables were not assembled in the same way that it looks like in the movie. They weren't cops. They were agents of the Treasury Department or the Bureau of Investigation, whatever the precursor to the FBI was called. They were agents from there that were seen to be incorruptible, and most of them were not from the Chicago area. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. They brought them in because they hadn't been tampered with. Sure. The third thing is the uh, reality is far less exciting than than the movie. Right. I mean, that whole thing in Canada or on the Canadian border bringing never happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Most of what happened in the movie didn't happen. 
So they said, let's just take this outline of pour, pour this whole story together, right? Don't bother to worry about it. Let David Mamet write a script, give it to Brian De Palma, who was at his peak at the point, and make basically, I would call this almost an old-fashioned movie, a, an old-style movie. You wouldn't see this movie made today. This is a product of that era sure. of Hollywood and the system. And today, they wouldn't do that. Today, they would probably do a more accurate representation. They wouldn't have Mamet writing this, the dialogue, which was good dialogue. It's just not exactly how people talk. Welcome to David Mamet. And, you know, and there is no De Palma out there working today that I know of. Right. And this is only three, four years after Scarface. And it's before Goodfellas. Uh, yes. And it, and it's right after, because it's right, it was in a series of gangster pictures. And I, there was something that was right before it. What was? Uh, uh, wise Guys, right? Wise Guys. What's that? I think you're right. Wise Guys, that was that was another De Palma. That was Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo. That was, was any uh, good? I don't remember it, actually. Okay. Um, Obviously, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> We will not be picking that movie for the movie club. But, but you know, it's interesting. I mentioned Scarface because in a, in a lot of ways, this is this this has a lot of Scarface-like elements to it. It's kind of I, – I, I was going to save this for later, but as I watch this – and I've seen this movie many times, and I've always enjoyed it, and I still enjoy it. But when you compare it to other – mob associated films to me this is more cartoon-esque mm -hmm. it's not you know it's not as gritty as goodfellas it's not you know gritty like casino um and and with, it's not as romanticized as the godfather right um you mentioned the dialogue yeah, the dialogue is it's it's it, it. I don't know. I, I mean, I have I had to for the first time since I started watching this movie. I I kind of took myself back for a moment and said, "Man, I'm really suspending a lot of reality here by watching this." It's the first time I've watched this movie in such a way. Yeah, because I've always just enjoyed it. But the first time I saw this movie, and the many times I saw this movie, it was before I really got into. The Godfather, Sopranos, or Sopranos, or Goodfellas, or Casino, mm -hmm. or the um, what's the what's the one that Pesci and uh, De Niro just did? The Watch Watchmen? Oh no, or, um, uh, uh, the Irishman, Irishman, the Irishman, yes, yes. right. And those are more gritty and and feel more like they're based in reality. This seemed more cartoonish to me. Than it ever has before, and that was that was a weird response that I had as I was watching this. And and those are all, with the exception of the Godfather. Well, I are er, this is earlier than all of those historically. Yes, mm -hmm. the the stories that are telling, but there have been movies, gangster type movies from that era. Like the Road to Perdition that that yes. uh, Tom Hanks yes. was in, 
There was Public Enemies, yes. I believe it was called, that was Johnny Depp was in. Yes. That was way, that were way grittier, yes. for lack of a better term. And that's why I'm saying I feel like this is part of an era, right? It's part of that era of the late 80s. And things started to switch over, I think, after this, you know, and not long after this. In, right. Into the. Yeah, Goodfellas is 90s. just a few years later. So, yeah, I think Goodfellas kind of kicked off a different era of this, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. 100%. Because then that begat yeah. Casino, which um, begat Sopranos, and, you know, and, and we got into, you know, more of this. And of course, the no, Godfather, no, no. Godfather's just totally different because it's. Yeah, and it's a different area of Hollywood. When different Godfather's era of Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, that that was of a different. That time. was a, a previous era before the De Palma. Now, one of the, one of the things that you do have to have to give this picture is that De Palma is was a. I thought he was a really great visual filmmaker, and this one is visually great. There are also some like inside movie stuff in there. That if you know it, you know it, and you go, oh, this is an homage to this or that. Most famously, the scene on the staircase. Yeah, right? near the end, yeah. Where the baby carriage staircase. That is a direct knockoff of a similar scene in Battleship Potemkin. And it's on some stairs in Odessa, Russia. That's part, and Battleship Potemkin was one of the sort of foundational, uh, uh, Sergei Eisenstein directed it, and I believe it'd be like 1917-ish. I'm probably wrong on the date, but it, it's, uh, you know, one of the foundational films, right, in, in the movie culture. And he literally stole that scene right out of that movie and put it in, in this movie. So there's stuff like that in this picture that you probably you're never going to see in a gritty type mm -hmm. picture, right? You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, Ken, I like what Travis says on YouTube because I found myself thinking this after I finished it. He says, The Untouchables is an entry-level movie to get into mob movies. It's like drinking Boone Farms instead, <laughs> or to get into drinking wine. Like That's a great I, way to look at it. <laughs> I, I liked it, but I, I certainly go in with baggage, and I don't mean that as a negative, of... Goodfellas, of the Godfather films, of the Sopranos, of Casino. And so, you know, like, I thought the music was very hokey. Yes. <laughs> you know, the music, I think, is aged terribly. Yes. Um, but I, I uh, think... I think it may have aged... What was that? The, the music may have aged terribly in the sense of today, but at the time, it was spectacular. It won. It, didn't it win an award or won awards for how it was? I won a Grammy. Yeah. Won Best Grammy. original score was nominated. Yeah. And so, like, I... I, I just go. I, I just okay. go in with so much background. I I think prohibition is such a fascinating time in our country's history. Um, so I think that 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 story is very interesting, just in and of itself. And you know, I definitely wouldn't say that this was my favorite De Niro I've ever seen. You know, the bat scene was was you know obviously hardcore. But I, you know, I'd rather watch him in in some other movies. I well, guess, and, is how and, I describe and it. what's interesting, and I was going to ask you this, Kent, because. Obviously, De Niro was was the choice, but some of the other actors that were considered were Gene Hackman and Marlon Brando and Bob Hoskins. But the the role of Capone in this movie is almost a cameo. 
because he's really not in it that much. He plays a scene at the beginning, then another quick scene in the middle, then another quick scene, and then in the courtroom, and then that's it. It's not like, I mean, he doesn't have that many lines. He's not, there's there's just not a lot of stuff here, but but the fact that they put such an elevated, they, they wanted such an elevated actor for that role, Kent, what does that say about, you know, what they what they were looking for? Because Costner was still very young, and he's playing Great the head lead. of hair in this movie. Yes. But, but yet and the role of Capone a, goes to a bigger name who's barely in the film. And the role of the cop, of the Scottish cop, goes to an even bigger name. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how you cast movies back in those days. Yeah. Right? You had to... You had to have these guys that guys or women, but in this case, are there any women in this movie? The wife. I mean, there are. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, What's more than? Two oh, this doesn't pass the. Was it Betchel test? What is? Uh, and and her name, I, her name escapes me. I recognize her name. Um, she was there to literally Patricia, just be a wife and mother. Yeah, Patricia Clarkson. Yeah, that's all there her character. Another Clarkson. woman in the police station before the elevator scene, wasn't there? Was oh, there yeah. was. Yes, Nick. Yeah, right. But that was cool too. Touchable. That was good in the blood. It was a yeah. little cheesy. Touchable. It was I thought a little like that wasn't as cheesy yeah. as the last line by Cosner at the end uh, of the movie. I'm gonna go have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> like that was cheesy. Yeah, bada bing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the. But I think that's part of how they made, you know, you had to get somebody that could, quote, open a movie, right? Mm-hmm. And De Niro could open movies and Sean Connery could open movies. Nobody knew who Kevin Costner was. That's true. So that was part of how they passed. And, um, you know, this is Sean Connery's only Oscar. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, he's the best supporting actor. And, and I mean, he does steal the film. I mean, he especially is, I think in the first half he was like when he first shows up and all yeah, those scenes with him. Yeah, I think he, I, I mean, think the first half was better than the second half. Of the yeah, movie. He, he had all the great lines. You know, he just he, you know he was he was great. And you know, um, yeah, he's the he's the he's the one that kind of holds it all together. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I'm stunned. Spoiler and, alert! Oh, sorry, Kent. Oh, I was just going to say, and in fact, um, I read this afternoon, I just happened to, uh, when I was looking something else up, there was an article from like Entertainment Weekly or something like that from the 20th or 30th or whatever it was anniversary of the film. And it was before Connery died. It had Connery and uh, Costner and De Niro talking about it. And they, I, it sounds like from that that uh, Connery really kind of coached and helped Costner through this Interesting. in his first sort of big movie. Interesting. Which is interesting. Well, that's, that's a heck of a tutor to have mm-hmm. because, as we know, Costner's career would explode after this. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know he's, he's still, you know got quite the reputation up to this day. By the way, he was not obviously the first choice. Don Johnson was the first choice, and I'm glad they didn't go with it because Don Johnson, of course, this is 1985, 86, Miami 87. Vice. Miami Vice. I think a lot of people would have had a hard time seeing Don Johnson playing a – I mean, he's not a cop, but he might as well be a cop. A when he plays not a like the ultimate cool guy cop, I mean – you guys won't appreciate it as much, but back in the mid-80s, 
Miami Vice was the it show. Everybody wanted to look like Miami Vice. People watched. These are I normal mean, callers. Find a new slant. <laughs> right. And so if he would have been Elliot Ness, I don't think, I think that would have been too distracting for people. I agree. I agree. Because if you look at Sonny, that's Sonny Crockett. Right. You know, <laughs> and it would work. Yeah. Next thing you know, you'd expect, you know, what what car was it? Did he have a Maserati oh. or a Porsche? I thought it was a Ferrari. I. Uh, Ferrari, I believe. Oh, was it a Ferrari? Okay. I thought it was. Yeah. I mean, they would expect the Ferrari to yeah. show up in the middle of it. One quick thing for Nick goes. Um, Andy, spoiler alert. Andy Garcia not turning bad. Stunned me. I was expecting it the whole time. Honestly, I was too. I was really? like, he's going to be a bad okay. guy by the end of the movie. And That's he never was. Interesting that we both had that vibe. Yeah, he has that. He has that feel and vibe. Oh, why? Because he's Italian? No, I love Italians. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but just, I mean, part of it too is the baggage that I bring into the movie with Andy Garcia. You know, how would I've seen him in and what I, I always oh, that's think a good of him point. as the bad guy from Ocean's That's interesting. 11. That's an interesting viewpoint. Yeah, it's not, you know, like we often will talk about watching a movie now and it's like, oh, they couldn't get away with that today. Sometimes movies, it's it's not, it's just hard to put them in proper perspective because I'm comparing this against mob movies, you know, which I, I hold, you know, to very high reverence. Yeah. Nick, what did you think? I've got takes. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I don't know if I just wasn't coming into this movie with the right mindset. But I, there were some really, really cool scenes in this movie that I really, really liked. Mm -hmm. uh, the staircase scene, which I like a little less now that I know that it was a direct ripoff. Mm. And this uh, scene at Sean Connery's house. I loved that entire sequence. That was so well done just with how they're following him mm -hmm. outside and everything. But I found the writing bad, which made, which made the acting, I feel, suffer. Because of the bad writing, just with how we were talking about the dialogue, people don't really talk like that. The pacing and editing really threw me off because it felt like things were just kind of happening. And I didn't feel any connection for any of these characters to where when the emotional climax of the movie happened, I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. But I don't feel how I feel like the movie wanted me to feel when this happened. It's just like, oh, that's a thing that happened. Uh, I like that scene when they're in the Canadian border. I thought that was an interesting thing to do because, again, I had never seen that before either. Oh, yeah, real quick, the, the how he uses the dead body to, yes. to threaten yes. them. That is, I mean, it made me laugh, but also it's like a really smart idea. It was really cool and a really smart idea. Yeah. But it, I just felt like things in this movie happened, and then they didn't really happen. Like, there were some reasons, but I felt like they just kind of happened, and the pacing was weird, and the editing was just kind of like there. Everybody felt like they were talking really fast. And it just, it was coherent and it made sense, but it was not great to me. I didn't super like it. Yeah, I gave it three out of five. The sound mixing also, I hated the sound mixing. I don't know if it was just the TV <laughs> I was watching or what, but the music was doing a very, they were very proud of the soundtrack and the score. Oh, they were. And like Kent said, it won a Grammy. Is fine for them, but it shouldn't drown out the dialogue or be louder than the dialogue and then the sudden it was i didn't like the way it was edited it took me out of the movie too much uh, combined with all the other things i didn't super like it interesting yeah um if you hated that dialogue i can suggest some more uh david mamet movies that would drive <laughs> you around the bend uh, i can't wait <laughs> yeah what are you some know, of his others I mean, that 
Jamie Dammit dialogue, right? But it, uh, he's a, uh, he came to the movies from the stage, right? Mm-hmm. From doing plays. And his dialogue to me very often sounds like that'd sound, be great in a theater, right? In a play, but it doesn't work so well in a, in a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was behind Hoffa. That makes sense. Behind the he Hoff. killed Jimmy Hoffa? No, no, no. The movie Hoffa, mm-hmm. which it kind of in the same vein as this. Now, now I see that movie in a whole new light. So, yeah, it seems like you like it less now. I wouldn't say like it less, but in the Pantheon, again, when I first saw it, it, it was goes back to the, to the caller or the, the, the friend of the Grum. This is a good entry-level movie into mm-hmm. mob movies, but since then, I've tasted the finer things, and I've appreciated them, Yeah, right? And I like that style, and this doesn't hold up to those. I still enjoy it. If it's on, I'll watch it. But if you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose Goodfellas over this. I'm gonna choose mm-hmm. Casino over this. I'm gonna choose you know, the Sopranos I, for the 800th time. For the 800th time, I think time. the dialogue stuck out to me more, and the writing stuck out to me more because of the actors who they had cast. Funny enough, because they're I, so good. Because they're such good actors, and then I hear them have to talk about this, have to talk through this script. Like it's the same thing people said about Hayden Christensen in Star Wars. How, oh, he's a bad actor, but uh, the script just wasn't great. I don't know if Hayden Christensen ever thought he'd get compared to Sean Connery <laughs> and Andy Garcia. I mean, he's, <laughs> Hayden Christensen isn't at that level, but a bad script doesn't help. It's, a it's good definitely actor. not going to help. That is uh, true. And I and I would I I think that's entirely fair. What you're both what you guys are saying that it's like doesn't hold up against the mob movies of today and. Either you like David Mamet dialogue or you don't. Mm-hmm. And the, the key with him is you can't ad lib. You can't add to it, right? So you're that's what I'm talking about, the play part of it. You're kind of stuck with what's on the page where a actor like Connery or De Niro in particular, at times I'm sure, would make a slight change in the line to make it fit better to make it fit them better and without destroying the point can't do that with David Mamet. So that's makes it feel that way. I think here's, here's something interesting because what, what, what years when the AFI American film Institute started doing their 100 years, 100 series, that was what about 20 years ago. That sound right. Yeah. Well, I think 1890 something was the first movie. Okay. So it'd be a hundred years like 1896 or something like that. But, you know, in, in, in these varieties of care, categories, this film is nominated, but it never makes any of the lists, including the AFI's top 10 gangster films. It was nominated, but not included. Do you have the list? Uh, I, don't I have know to imagine I... the first two Godfathers would be in there. have to imagine Goodfellas. Uh, I need to watch Casino again. Last time I watched it, I I thought it was fine. I've never seen Casino. I think it's long. Oh, here we go. All right. AFI's top 10 gangster films. Okay. Godfather 2, number one. Godfather, number one. Goodfellas, number two. Goodfellas, number two. And then Godfather 2. Godfather 2. Okay. And then, uh, Kent, you're going to have to help me on this one. White Heat from 1949. Uh, 
Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, these are those oh, wow. old like, gangster movies. Old yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, 1967. Never saw that. Absolutely. The original Scarface, 1932. Mm. And, that, and that is has nothing whatsoever to do with say hello to my little friend. Correct. <laughs> Pulp Fiction, 1994. Hell yeah. The Public Enemy, 1931. Interesting. I didn't, if, if we were considering Pulp Fiction, I would have that probably number two for me. Those of you who might recall oh, The so Public Enemy. That a gangster yeah, movie? see, I don't consider that a gangster movie. The Public Enemy was uh, uh, James or uh, 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 Cagney, right? Uh, White Heat's Jimmy Cagney. Yeah. I wasn't Public Enemy. Uh, I, well, one second here. I will, I will find I that out. I think it's Cagney because. Uh, Edgar G. Robinson. Yeah, if you of those movies. If you remember the episode of The Sopranos where Olivia dies, that's the movie that Tony is watching throughout the course of the uh, okay. of the About film. Spoilers. Right. It is season, season 2. Yeah, well. we should do a rewatch for the anniversary of The Sopranos? Yeah. The sh- the show? Yeah. Of all of them? Yeah, why not? For not the movie, movie club. For oh, for one just, thing well, we that's what do. I'm doing. Oh, you just want to talk that's about That's what yeah. I'm doing right okay. now. Uh, Little Caesar, uh, made in 1931. Pizza, pizza. And then the 1980... Yeah. And then the 1983 Scarface, number 10. Never saw it. I have no desire. Maybe that means one of you will pick it. You never saw it. No. He didn't see the Pacino I, Scarface. Can't, I think the the seeing that clip so many times. What? And, yeah, I know. And the way that Pacino <laughs> acts in in every clip, it just I've never had a desire. But I, I, it's probably a blind spot for me. It's probably how about No Casino was mentioned, and I don't know when that list came out, but I really did enjoy. What was that? Casino may have come out after that list was done. Okay, because I was yes. also going to say I did enjoy The Irishman a lot. Which I know is funny, given that I just said that, that Casino is too long. What, I uh, loved The Irishman. I thought that that was a, a great take on mob movies. No, the 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 AFI's top ten top AFI ten top ten was two thousand eight. Okay, so Casino had been out by then. Interesting, but not for very long. Yeah. Casino was I mean, like that's the, that was mid nineties. Yeah, it was like ninety five, ninety six, wasn't it? Yeah, it was somewhere in there. Pretty sure it was. Interesting. Well, as somebody who votes in this nonsense once in a while, <laughs> you you tend you tend to uh, discount the more recent stuff, right? Sure. You you don't want to be you don't oh, want to be prisoner of the movie. moment. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that can work against movies. That's all my only point there. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're on this top ten list, I'm curious. What do you think the number one sports movie was? Uh, speaking of Costner, oh no, wait, is it? Because I was gonna guess. Uh, what's the the minor league movie? What's that one called? Uh, Bull Durham. Bull Durham. I was gonna guess Bull Durham, but then I was gonna guess The Natural. I'm gonna go with The Natural. Bang I, the drum slowly. I don't know enough about sports. Talladega Nights. No. Raging Bull. We watched that in the movie club. Right. We right. did. Raging Bull ahead of Rocky. Dark. Whew. Top science fiction. Top science fiction movie? Yes. The AFI's 10 top 2001. 10. Very good. That's a great movie. I need to rewatch that movie. We should do that. I saw it in club. college, and I wasn't a huge fan, but I was also 20. I love 2001. Uh, let's see. What's another good category? Uh, comedy. Do they have comedy? Fantasy. 
Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Fellowship. No, Return of the King. It has to be Return of the King. Wizard of Oz. Oh, oh boo. There's no place like home. Yeah, boo. Your home is Kansas. There's oh, other boo. places like it. There yeah. you go. That's just some of the other top tens. All right. Go anywhere else, Dorothy. Mm. All right, so that's the Untouchables. Okay, you booed Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I just booed that it wasn't Lord of the Rings, Kent. Because that's what I was also booing. It's I like, a fine movie. I like Wizard of Oz. It's a good movie. It's the monkeys, solid. The monkeys freak me out. I don't I like I haven't them. watched that in years. Man, I mean, you have long. no idea. Every Thanksgiving weekend, man, it was the Wizard of just Freaking Imagine oh, being homesick really? for Kansas. And we watched it Tough all one. the Kansas time. Kansas in the 30s. Mm. I want to go back to the Dust Bowl. All right. So uh, that's the Untouchables. It's on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Josh, your pick is next. Yeah, I thought you were going to be gone next week. No, so I was going to pick gonna a movie be, more I'm for gonna... like Nick and I, but I'll you're here. Uh we have done we have done one Paul Thomas Anderson movie, have we not? Did we do Boogie Nights together? Yes, Was that we did. a movie club? Yes, we did Boogie All right. Nights. Well, I want to do his most recent movie because I've had it on my to-watch list and I've just not gotten around to it. It's called Licorice Pizza. Oh. I believe it's like a coming-of-age type story. I remember seeing the previews for this. I'm interested. John, they won't be eating licorice pizza. That God, I, I hope not. Uh, it's on Amazon. I'm glad so, you picked this, John. It's on Amazon. Thank you, Nick. I remember seeing the previews. I'm like, that looks interesting. Yeah, and I just never got around to it. So it's on, uh, it's on Amazon. Watch it. Before Hell next yeah. Friday. Licorice pizza. There you go. It, it, it's a it's a very good, it's like a I think 70s, maybe early 80s coming of age. I think 70s movie. And as I assume that this I don't I mean I saw the movie. I don't know that there's a lot of explicit uh reference to it, but Licorice Pizza was a chain of record stores in California. Okay. Oh, okay. Some uh, so, some response coming in so far. Odson says, Ugh, garbage pick. Uh, Severe says, Licorice Pizza is solid. And then he also adds another part that I can't read on the radio. Uh, he does say that he prefers co- uh, Casino to Goodfellas, by the way. Michael Severe does. Uh, yeah. Goodfellas is my favorite gangster movie. I Casino has really Goodfellas grown on me. It's closer to Goodfellas than it was the first time I saw it. I've never seen Casino. But though. Casino's grown on it's me. It's 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 up there. I got to see Goodfellas Kent in theaters a couple of years ago. Oh my gosh. It was so wonderful seeing that on the big screen. That when they're walking through the restaurant. Oh my gosh. That is filmmaking, folks. Speaking of which, we should go see Phantom Menace as a group. No, it's we're gonna not going to see Phantom Menace as a group. Oh, but the music. No, I'm okay, Nick. Kent, I'm good. let's go see Phantom Menace in theaters. <laughs> Phantom Menace? The music Maybe is good. all of them? No. Duel of Fates is a great... Okay, Kent, that's a great scene. It is. We're not going to watch a movie for one scene. You should. No. Pretty that's sure. the only reason I don't skip Phantom Menace when I do my rewatches. Also, the pod racing scene is tight, too. Now, this is pod racing. I like the pod racing. The dialogue, not great. Well, Kent, have a great weekend. We appreciate it, as always. Thanks for a great conversation. Yeah, this was fun, as always. You're great. And uh, we'll, we'll all... Indeed, in- and... Uh- We'll have an interesting talk about licorice pizza. All right. Okay, I look forward to this. It was one of the best movies of, what was it, three years ago? Yes. Yes. It came out at the very end of 2020, I believe. Or maybe it was the end of 2021. Either way. It might be 21. Okay. So, yeah, it's a couple years old at the very least. It was after the pandemic. It didn't come out during the middle of the pandemic. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I I really liked that movie. Uh, and, and one of the stars of it is one of the 
uh, Sisters from Hame, the music group. They're great. I love them. You so. should listen to them. Oh, here we go. There. They kick ass. See, there we go. Nick. I'm yes, on board. Right up and your one alley. of the Hames is in the movie. Oh, by the way, real quick, there before Kent go. goes, Shane emails in, uh, Al Capone, his brother, moved to Homer, Nebraska and became a sheriff. Mm. Fun Absolutely. fact. You want to know another fun fact Absolutely. about Al Capone? Really? Is that true, kid? Absolutely true. Uh, one of his liquors he liked to smuggle was Templeton Rye. Mm. That is a fact. And I know that because I am of the, the other, area of Templeton. Mm. A lot of bootleggers. You the, come down. The other uh, gangster connection to Nebraska to a film, Henry Hill of Goodfellas fame, ended up in North Platte running an Italian restaurant. He did. I rem- what? Yes. I bet that was a yes. great restaurant. There oh. was a there was a feature. Was it in the Journal or was it in the Herald? Kent. Someone did a feature on it. I, a I few years. It was in the Journal. Well, I think it was everywhere. But yeah. I think I think the Journal had it first. Yeah, that's awesome. That he was. I don't think he owned the restaurant, but he was running an Italian restaurant in North Platte. Yep. Mm. No, the actual Henry Hill. All right, Kent. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, Kent. Bye, Kent. Kent, Kent Wogamont of the Lincoln Journal Star. Mm. Mm. We'll be back and uh, continue with more of uh, USC on 1620 The Zone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.